Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello? Aaron, hey man, it's Luke. Luke? Hey, do you know what's happening this week? What's happening this week? Bill and Ted 3, man. Oh my god. How long have we been waiting for this movie? A lifetime, Luke. 30 years. 30 years. I'm so excited. I honestly could not be more excited. I love that the very first episode of this podcast was reviewing Bill and Ted, and now we finally get Bill and Ted 3. I know. And you know what? I would argue that that might be the very best episode of this show. Wow. <laughs> so it's just been all downhill since then. That's not a compliment. Thanks for that. No, I, I, it's just because I'm such a big fan. I'll let Mr. Movie. Cusack know how you feel. Hey, so I would love to have you back on soon to talk about Bill and Ted 3 after we've had a chance to see it as it releases this oh, next yeah. weekend. Absolutely. I would Plus, love it's just that. been a while since you've been on. I know. What's you up know, with that? Actually, you should just be on this episode, too. The one where, that you're recording right now? About to record. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, I'll call you back in a little bit. Okay. Okay, see ya. Bye. From Mill U Media Group, this is 30. A weekly peek back to music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 2, Episode 34, Digging Through the Trash. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, August 25th, 1990. Hello friends and welcome. I'm grateful as always to have you with me as we continue our journey back in time revisiting all the pop culture cringiness from this week in 1990. And let me assure you there was plenty of cringiness to go around this week. In fact there were very few things if any happening in pop culture 30 years ago this week that have held up at all over the course of the last three decades. Actually I'm not entirely sure most of this held up in real time. But here we are with one of the oddest sets of chart toppers, blockbusters, and TV premieres we've yet to cover on this show. We'll start easy, with the least embarrassing remnants of our collective pop culture past. Predictably, the top album in the country this week in 1990 belonged once again to, say it with me, MC Hammer. Yes, of all the things upon which we'll reminisce this week, MC Hammer's Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him is remarkably the least embarrassing. Here's my thinking. Yes, this album would be laughable if it released today, as would MC Hammer's whole late 80s, early 90s persona. The high-waisted, most absurdly compensatorily baggy pants held up by suspenders to hide the nipples of his otherwise bare but gold-chain-laden chest. The long dance breaks in nearly every song. The cartoon, the serial, probably. The whole deal. No matter how ridiculous those things may seem today, in 1990 they were spot on. Every overly commercialized bit of it. So, no hate from me. Especially since I essentially worshipped him. The next least embarrassing pop culture bit from this week, perhaps a tie with Hammer actually, was Mariah Carey's debut single, Vision of Love. Which was, for the fourth consecutive week, the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. 
Next up, with the top song on the Hot Country chart for the second straight week, was Shenandoah's Next to You, Next to Me. Once again, not terribly cringy. The cringiness begins, at least in the music world, with the number one song on the hot R&B and hip-hop chart. Produced by and featuring the genius that was Prince, the song Jerk Out by The Time. An upbeat, melodic little New Jack swing number, with a very Bruno Mars goes back in time vibe. Laced with misogynistic braggadocio, poor lyricism, and mediocre vocals at best. How this song replaced Vision of Love, from which it couldn't be more different, at the top of the hot R&B and hip-hop chart is a mystery I never expect to understand. And how it wasn't even the most cringeworthy song on the Billboard charts is exponentially more confounding. That spot was reserved for the number one song on the hot rap chart this week in 1990, banned in the USA by the always controversial 2 Live Crew. I've never really been a fan of 2 Live Crew or their attempts at martyrdom even while I do believe wholeheartedly in freedom of speech. I just think their use of that freedom was kind of a waste. But hey, it's theirs to do with what they like, so it doesn't really matter what I think. I might feel differently if I thought they were more talented than they were, but alas, I don't. I've linked to the music videos for Jerk Out and Band in the USA in the show notes, and I definitely recommend checking those out. Not because you'll enjoy them, but because I don't want to be the only one cringing. We had a couple series debuts in television this week in 1990, each of which was attempting to capitalize on the success of its eponymous film counterpart. First, Parenthood the Series, starring Ed Bagley Jr., Max Elliott Slade, who we'd come to know better the next year as Colt from Three Ninjas, David Arquette, and a young Leonardo DiCaprio. Also, Ferris Bueller the Series, starring a handful of no-names, the moderately famous at the time Amy Dolan's, and the soon-to-be-very-famous and very rich Jennifer Aniston as Ferris's jealous older sister Jeannie. This show made it for a miraculous 13 episodes, a feat which should have been impossible given the poor acting, awful casting, horrific production, and abysmal writing, and the simple fact that in the opening scene of the pilot, Ferris can be seen beheading a cardboard cutout of the real Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick, with a chainsaw. If you don't believe me about how bad this show was, the entire series is available on YouTube, and I've linked to all of it in the show notes, but I promise you will hate it. From Hollywood this week in 1990, we received a handful of movies that, for the most part, I can't imagine enjoying. First up, this little jewel. The flow of cocaine coming into the United States is becoming a war. He rules an empire. Gentlemen, Ramon Cota, the world's wealthiest drug dealer. A world of corruption and violence. His power crosses every border. In democracy, great. But now, he's crossed the wrong man. We would have been such a beautiful team. Not on your best day, pal. Chuck Norris is back. Slow, look in your eyes. I'm not going to fight. Always the hard one. And he's about to take the war on drugs. Stranglehold, it's a go. To new heights. You can go with the parachute or without it. You're bluffing. Want a bet? Scared you, didn't I? a gentleman. Hang on! With a soft touch. Lesson number one. Yeah. A mean kick. Lesson number two. And his own special brand of diplomacy. School's out. Chuck Norris. 
Force, Delta Force 2. Never saw it, never expect to. I've also never seen the film that topped the box office 30 years ago this week, but for a laugh or for a handful of cash, I could be persuaded to watch this one now. Who? No foolish heroics, if you please. Is. Dark Man. They destroyed everything he had. All that he loved. Everything that he was. Now. Crime has a new enemy. And justice has a brand new face. I was afraid that you wouldn't want me anymore. Of course I still want you. The good news is that I know who's behind our little troubles of late. Finish it. He has the power to look like any man. There's two of both sons of witches! But he is unlike any man. I gotta tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. You think you're killing? And he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour. There's a light that shines on every human being. But one. From director Sam Raimi. Dark Man. I don't know what it is, but I've just never been a fan of Liam Neeson. And to be honest, I had no idea he was the one who played Dark Man. Like I said, I'd be willing to watch this now, but it would have far more to do with making fun of it than actually enjoying it. Another film that released 30 years ago this week was one that I actually did love at the time. Although I can confidently admit that all my remaining affection for it is rooted entirely in sentiment and is in no way a reflection of the quality of filmmaking. The film, Men at Work, directed by and starring Emilio Estevez alongside his brother Charlie Sheen. In the two years you have worked here... You have broken just about every city ordinance that pertains to this line of work. Well, you can't say we haven't been a lot of laughs. <laughs> Got a complaint about banging trash cans on Peace Street at 6 a.m. this morning. You always have to think about this. No, no sir. Pump it up a little more, get the party. This is the last year we throw trash. You said that last year. Yeah, but this year I mean it. You meant it last year. Just think of the garbage business as a way station on the road to Nevada. What was that for? You didn't like it. No, I liked it a lot. Then shut up. This is the, uh, the maximum sentence for murder. I did not murder anyone. Pump it up a little more. Get the Emilio Estevez are men at work. 
I had completely forgotten about this movie until it popped up on my radar for this episode, but I loved this movie as a kid. That was almost certainly related to my recently mentioned love for the Young Guns films, but not entirely. I genuinely thought this was just a great movie when I was 10 years old. Despite that, when I sat down to rewatch it this week, I fully expected to hate it. But to my great delight and surprise, I didn't. However, my dear friend and regular 30 Pop guest Aaron Hale did. So we sat down this week to talk about it on a segment we call Truly Horrible Things. Aaron, welcome back to 30 Pop. What's up? Long time. Long time no talk. (laughs) It's been so long. It has. So we talked earlier at the start of the show. We're going to talk very soon about Bill and Ted, but not today. Today, we're going to revisit a film that I'm surprised that I still enjoy as a 40-year-old man. But I know you didn't. I know you tried to rewatch it this weekend. It didn't. It didn't happen. I'm so, honestly surprised that you enjoyed it as well. <laughs> so rather than review this film in our segment, Film Depreciation, we are reviewing it in our segment called Truly Horrible Things. Okay. It's worth noting. Truly Horrible Things is brought to us by the company Truly Horrible Things. They make these really amazing card games that are super fun and funny and just an absolute delight to play. Uh, but yes. this segment, Truly Horrible Things, is one where we look back on things that are really not good, but that we kind of love them anyway. In this case, only one yeah. of us still loves it. So let's jump in to the movie Minute Work, which turns 30 this week. Tell me your thoughts. What did you yes. hate about it? Okay, so Minute Work. The only memory I have of this movie was being on the shelves at Blockbuster. Really? Okay, wow. So, yeah, I don't have any sort of nostalgia factor about this movie whatsoever. Okay. So when I watched it this week, it was the first time I have ever seen it. And I think it's a movie that you have to watch with a group of people who are really itching to watch <laughs> something terrible. <laughs> it was cringy, Luke. That's sort of a theme of this whole episode of 30 Pop. It's everything that yeah. happened this week in 1990 was pretty cringy. Oh, well, then it's perfect. It's right on par for the rest of whatever's going on in the world. Yeah, it was. Okay, so let's talk about it. For anybody like you who maybe had never seen it, other than the shelves of Blockbuster where all the rich kids shopped for movies. I... <laughs> wait, wait. You went to what? You went to Family Video or Take something? Take It Home. Take It Home Video is where I grew Take up going. Take It Home Video. <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. Thought it was a huge like chain. Knew it wasn't Blockbuster. Thought it was a huge chain. Turns out it wasn't. But take it home video. Take it home, and we did. We took it home. I always thought Hollywood Video was the rich kid. Oh no, it was Blockbuster. Okay, I'll take your right for it. Okay. <laughs> so I actually I may have seen this movie in theaters. In fact, because as oh, wow. I mentioned on this episode, I was pretty obsessed with the Young Guns movies. Oh yeah. And so to get Emilio Estevez and Charlie yeah. Sheen in a movie, another movie together, this one being a comedy. What's funny is this mm-hmm. sort of paved the way for me for another couple of movies that I loved. One being Hot Shots, the other being yeah. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One, which was Emilio's sort of really Sure. I liked both of those a lot. And I loved Young Guns as well. Amazing. This one was just I don't know, man. Maybe Emilio just should have stuck with acting and not writing and directing. So this was his second film to write, direct, and star in. What was his first? It was a movie called Wisdom. It came out in 1986. And at the time, he was the youngest actor ever to write, direct, and star in a major motion picture. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. 1986. And so this was his sophomore effort. 
I went into this fully expecting to like be embarrassed by my love for it. And (laughs) in some ways I am. Yeah. Because there is lots of like slapstick kind of, you know, cartoon sound effect type humor in this. But I also just really, (laughs) it really does bring back a lot of nostalgia for me. Like I would watch it again right now, actually. You would? Yeah, I liked it. Here's the deal. There's a couple of things I liked about the movie. I thought Keith David was really great in it. Which one is he? He's the vet that kind of is. Uh, oh, the okay, yeah, he's yeah, looking, yeah. He's looking after them, and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I really like him. He's funny. What else is he in? Because he's super familiar. Oh, he's like in They Live and The Thing. The Thing. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. So I liked him in it, and I liked what's the guy's name? The bad guy, John Getz. Is that his name? I mean, you're the filmmaker. I have no idea. He could not be more like '90s bad guy. Yeah, that's in true. In the best way. I was like trying to figure out. I was when I was watching it. I was like, what else do I remember this guy from? Because he's always the bad guy, and he's always kind of the same kind of role. And I like looked it up, and I didn't remember him in any. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, turns out you've never seen him before in your life. <laughs> no, I've definitely seen him, but I can't remember what. I've seen him in, but it's always like, like if you were to show me a picture of him, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. But I don't know why. So tell me, anyway. you didn't make it to the end, right? No, I did not. And then I, right before you called, I, I watched the last 30 minutes of it. Again. Oh, that's so kind. Cause you said you weren't going to. Did it change your opinion of the movie? Not, not okay. even a little bit, no. <laughs> I, it's, it was hard to like the leads in it for me. Wow. I don't know why. Well, they're creepy jerks for sure. I mean, they are, like, they're definitely creepy jerks, but I mean, I'll give them this that they look like they were having a lot of fun together. I'm sure they were. And, and I'm sure know, their like dad I'm, was just beaming. I'm sure he was so proud. <laughs> you know, he was. Oh, it's my boys. <laughs> I love it. I love their hair. I love this was like, and it's just funny yeah. to know that they made this film. I mean, it's totally slipped under the radar. So, like, I mean, Young Guns 2 was like still in theaters at this point. Major League really? had been a massive success. Right. I mean, Breakfast Club. Like, they had some, like, already classic films under their belt. And yeah. they made this. Which <laughs> It was entirely Which is honestly, fun. you know, the only reason this movie got made was because they were already, like, beloved in yeah. the culture. That they're like, yeah, give them their own movie. Yeah. I mean, and Charlie Sheen hadn't gone nuts in that special Charlie Sheen way just right. yet. Right. He was still the wild child, man. This movie is like the epitome of like 90s, campy, ridiculous. Like the. It's so funny. I was texting a friend while I was watching it earlier, and I was like, Have you ever seen Men at Work? And he was like, Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. And the only thing I remember is the golf clap. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is so cringy. Oh, but it's so good. See, that's what I'm saying is like, I don't think this was ridiculous in its day. I think it was spot on in my memory. It was spot on because I remember quoting that golf clap thing forever. People did that all the time. Yeah, yeah. They look at each other, golf clap? Yeah, golf clap. And then they do it. And you know, when you watch it, you go, they were trying so hard to get something that people would quote. And they did. They did, yeah. People quoted that. Well done, Emilio, man. With those big work gloves on. Was he up for an Oscar for this? I cannot remember <laughs> if this was up for best screenplay, but <laughs> but it should have no, been, that's, if that's you ask me. To okay, so we still haven't covered it. For people who haven't seen it, yeah. you have Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen. They're not brothers in the film. They are garbage men. 
it is worth noting, and this may be connected to my deep love for this, I wanted nothing more as a child than to grow up and be a garbage man. And it was not because of this uh, movie. It That predates it this movie. Was it? No. I Unreal. wanted it before this movie came out. This movie probably just affirmed that. All I really cared about was riding on the back of a truck. I, that's the reason I wanted yeah, to be a garbage oh, yeah. man, so I could ride on the back of a truck. Don't know why I didn't and think play, of a fireman, because I also loved fire, you. but like this movie, oh, yeah. I am confident, reinforced that deep desire in me to be a garbage oh, man. Yeah. Because once I saw how much fun it was to be a garbage man. Oh, it's so, so much fun. You get to just toss the trash cans and dig through people's trash. Yeah, and man, find sleep on the beach, and... like... Sleep pull, on the beach pranks with, with, with random and, women. Yeah, like it yeah. was. It was fantastic. Of course, I wanted to be and a garbage man. Fired. No, your comment when you first watched it before you finished it was, you talked about how this was just such a weekend at Bernie's ripoff. Let's go into that a little bit. Yes, I feel like it kind of like maybe not originally, like it wasn't going to be a weekend at Bernie's, but somehow weekend at Bernie's just like blew up, and so and the OS was like, well, we got to have a dead body <laughs> that we dress up and carry around with us everywhere. So yeah, so what happens for those who haven't seen it, they discover in the trash a mayoral candidate who has been murdered. And they do nothing. <laughs> but the reason for that is because on the eve of this discovery, Charlie Sheen shoots this man from across the street with a pellet gun. Right, and he thinks that he's the reason he's dead. And yeah, he shoots him in the butt, and then they duck, and they don't realize what happens after that. He is murdered, thrown in a trash can, they discover him, and so rather than go to the police, who are their mortal enemies, I, I do love Shoot. How, how much their friend, whose name I cannot remember, hates the police. That felt time. Yes. That is, I, I think that there, you know, when I look back at it, and I think about just the elements of it. I think there's some smart moves that Emilio made as like a young screenwriter that I think, well, that was, you know, that's pretty smart. Cause like what could have happened there is they could have been like, we got to call the cops and that, and Keith David could have been like, we have to, we have to call the cops. And they're like, no, he has to be kind of unhinged. What would mm -hmm. make him unhinged? Oh, he's a vet. That's kind of, it's kind of weird. PTSD. Okay, that's the reason why they don't cut. Yeah. Yeah. They never gotta, explain yeah, why so, he hates cops other than just that he hates cops. Yeah, so move on, but I want to get to the pizza man because I can't stand the pizza man. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> so they're hungry. They order a pizza. Pizza guy yeah. shows up, sees Emilio in the background dragging a dead body in a chair, and then they could have just they let it go. Him. They could have yep. just they kidnapped the pizza man who is now one of the major roles in the rest of the movie. Comic relief. Yes. He's the guy from summer school. Is it from summer school? I have no, Is that John know, Ritter? He, I don't know. It's not John Ritter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know the pizza guy's not. I'm saying his summer school. Is that a John Ritter movie? Oh, no, no, I no, don't no, know no. what it is. It doesn't matter. Pizza guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's bad. He's bad. You know, the other thing that I will say doesn't that I, I regret probably laughing at as a kid and that I, I wish was not a part of the movie is there's lots of like Hollywood was running rampant with homophobia. And so lots of oh, gay sure. sort of jokes in this. I don't love yes. that and wish it was I don't not like a that. part of the film. I don't like that. And I also don't love like the over-sexualized like hero who is like literally in a rear window style way spying on all of his neighbors yeah. and including the women. And somehow we're supposed to be rooting for this, yeah. like, creep? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm rooting for him. 
in the first five minutes, he's looking at every naked woman in her apartment. Yeah, there's some problematic things, but yeah. Well, no, but they're problematic. They're problematic. However, we will say for the time that it released, I can see how it would be. I mean, it was pretty standard at that point, which is not to be proud of. But. Yeah. And I didn't know in the little milieu that I was growing up with then to be offended by yeah. those things or to be bothered by those sure. things. They were part of the culture. I sure. regret that they were. They were. We've moved past it. I'm thankful today that right. society is a little bit better than it used to be. But that being said, at this point in 1990, this is what comedy was, and I right. am still nostalgic for it. Yeah, yeah. That being said, it's not a great movie. <laughs> no, it's not a great movie. It's pretty But, horrible. you know, it's great for its time in a way that, like, you don't see anything like that anymore, and that's kind of a bummer, because that whole time period was such a great and bizarre time for comedy. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of sad that we don't get it anymore. Um, my voice cracked while I was saying that. Well, I promise you, I'm not crying. I'm not crying about it. But it would be great to see some of that again, even if it's kind of tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah, I would have to be. I think that you are just the right person to do that. Actually, I'd like to see. Well, maybe you. I will. Will you make a sequel? Will you make Minute Work <laughs> face the music with with Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez as your dad? Oh. Uh, Oh, my God. 30 years later. That's oh, a great man. idea. I would like to see that happen. I mean, think about this. I've thought a lot about – this is a little off topic, but Jim Carrey's whole career started in this era of comedy. Ace Ventura would never get made today. No. The Mask would never get made no. today. All these movies would never – Minute Work would never get made today. And so it's kind of interesting. It's like a very – interesting time capsule of weird ass comedy <laughs> it's it true you know it's that, funny because this is we're, we're moving out of the like prime john hughes era yeah and it's funny because you think of what comedies were in the 80s and how amazing that season was and how, especially to have yes. emilio as a part of one of the major major films of that genre right. of what 80s comedy looked like and then this yeah. is what 90s comedy looked like and it that's kind of a bummer yeah. in some ways i mean it's nostalgic for <laughs> yeah. me but like even yeah. where comedy goes in the 90s none of that stuff would get yeah. made today none of it right none of it yeah and interestingly that charlie sheen who i would never put in i would never have like looked at his early career and gone he needs to be in some sort of like satirical like spoof of like action movies you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, he, i yeah. mean he was good in major league and all that but i would never would have thought you know leslie nielsen style satire to me the most brilliant performance that we ever got from charlie sheen and i am not kidding i genuinely think it was brilliant was his role in ferris bueller's day off oh yeah he's so amazing small. it's a brief role but like he is amazing Every facial expression, every little mouth sound, it's just great. He's barely in it, but I read that he stayed up like three days before he shot <laughs> to that, get that, that role just, just so he could look and act as tired as he really was. That is method acting, man, and I respect <laughs> yeah. it. Charlie Sheen, I know. Good for him. you have my utmost respect. Those are words <laughs> I did not anticipate uttering when yeah. I woke up this morning. You know what? And that may be something you need to take back real soon. <laughs> <laughs> i have no doubt aaron i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna wrap this up because i'm gonna have you back very yeah. soon to talk bill and yes. ted face the music as soon as we have a chance 
to view what is bound to be a masterpiece. Honestly, I can't wait. Tonight I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure again for the 450th time mm-hmm. with my kids. And we're just gearing up. We're going to watch Bogus Journey tomorrow. Yes. And just to gear up and get ready for Friday, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. Man. And uh, just gush over Keanu and Alex Winter. It's going to be the best. It is going to be the best. Let's do that. We probably won't have time to talk about it for next week's episode, but yeah. I think episode 36, let's get into a deep dive of Bill and Ted Face the Music. It will be loaded okay. with spoilers, I'm confident. Yes, and, I, yes, and I'll watch it probably four or five times before we speak about it. Nice. I'm so excited. I don't want to miss even a second of the possibility to watch it. All right. Well, hey, thanks for being on this segment of Truly Horrible Things. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. It never fails. I love, love, love talking to that guy, and I'm thankful for every opportunity to do so. The only other film that released in theaters this week, another one that I've never seen, but that after revisiting the trailer, which is also linked in the show notes, I actually think I would enjoy, is Christian Slater's Pump Up the Volume. And frankly, I don't know enough about it to rave or make fun of it. So give me a little time and maybe we'll revisit on the show. For now, I just want to thank you as always for listening. Thanks also to my friends at Truly Horrible Things for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't heard yet, we've got another very fun trivia night coming up on September 2nd. Our theme for the night, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I couldn't be more excited. We'll even have a guest appearance or two from cast members from the show. So I hope you'll join us. Sign up at 30poptrivia.com by Saturday, August 29th, and I'll even send you a cheat sheet to help you prep for the game. That's it for this week, friends. I'll be back next week with a very special guest. Until then, remember, there are several sacred things in this world that you don't ever mess with. One of them happens to be another man's fries. Now you remember that, and you'll live a long and healthy life. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Braun. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. 